Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, an RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband, Zach, and today I am rejoining Zach B. and Tori for our game of Ross Rifles from Dundas West Games, designed by Daniel Kwan. I am super excited for these episodes. We had a blast recording them, and um, this is an excellent, very fun game. Uh, and best of all, I don't have to GM it. Or actually, let me introduce the players. Let, let's have everybody introduce themselves. First off is, you know him very well, our editor and producer, Zach B. I don't know how well they actually know me. I feel like I've only been on the, on the podcast like twice. I, I mean, I, li- I listen to everything you hear many, many times, but... I know you very well, so they do. should know you very well. That's true. We say your name every episode. That's true. I'm an enigma, though. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Yeah, I'm pulling all the levers. <laughs> uh, uh, sim- similarly, I'm pulling all the levers on Ross Rifles. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, Zach B. And we are also joined today by my coworker and friend, Tori. Tori? Yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, playing the game was a lot of fun, uh, even though I was a little bit nervous to like be on a podcast for the first time. I am playing Francis Reed, who is the new kid on the block. He's the replacement, new to the section. Keeps being referred to as the kid, but he's, he's very insistent that he's not a kid. He's 18. <laughs> he's 18. Thank you very much. Awesome. So uh, thank you both so much for joining me uh, for Ross Rifles. And I think without further ado, let's get back to our story. You get to uh, the low stone wall. There's sort of a break in it, and there's like a like a gate, uh, and the gate is um, closed. Okay, um, I think I lay down outside of the wall, uh, switch to my Enfield, um, and look up the way to read, and I wave him on uh, with my Enfield, just kind of scanning. Yeah, I think I think Reed sees that. I think he uh, stows his rifle in whatever way that would make it easiest to run because he's going to run. He's going to sprint. Um, and I think as soon as he's ready, he just makes a break for it. Yeah, I think I think he just sprints. And he probably looks a little bit silly, especially after Walsh was did such like a chill jog. Um, but I don't know. Reed is like, he's not, why take a chance? And it's a, it's a short distance anyway. So I think he, he does a sprint. Yeah, you make it to the wall. Uh, there's a gate. You guys are next to a gate. If you look over the wall, there's a big stone farmhouse sort of on the right. If you were to go through the gate, it's on the right. The barn, uh, long barn is on the left. And uh, yeah, it's it's a farm. So there's, so there's a, wait, so there's like the house bit and then the, the barn is separate. Yeah, there's a, there's a farmhouse sort of, if you were to go into the gate to the right and then a barn that's detached if you're gonna go into the gate to the left. Uh, we should probably get undercover somehow. I am inclined to agree. You want to make a sprint for that barn? You make it fun of me? No. no. For my sprint? Okay, because I was just trying to be, just trying to be smart here. Nah, Reed. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm being. We're cool, right? Like. 
Yeah. All right, okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, let's go. Listen, Reed, I, res- listen, Reed, I respect you. We don't know who's in the farmhouse. I'm thinking we, we, we make a sprint to the barn, just like you, you know, you're, you're good. Thank you. All right, let's go then. All right. Okay, <laughs> uh, so you're sprinting to the barn? That, still sprinting, yes. Okay, um, so. Uh, Barnaby's sprint is still a jog. <laughs> Um, I think something you notice as you go into the gate, there is a like an old farm like hand water pump, if you know what I'm talking about. That's sort of nearish the barn, and the ground around it is wet. Like it, it's been used recently. And I'm actually gonna have one of you roll charge for this move to run to the barn. If the other person wants to wants to roll aid since you're both charging, so instead of bo- having you both roll charge, I'll just have one of you roll charge. I'm comfortable being the one to roll charge because I do think Francis is the one who's charging. Yeah, is like actually running. Yeah. Yeah, sense. and I'm I'm happy to aid uh, because uh, Walsh is taking up the rear and is keeping an eye out, but isn't like For sure. that is a roll plus valor, which I do not have. So this and same thing with charge, right? Uh, yes. So uh, Zach will roll first, and oh, okay. then we'll see if uh, he, you get a bonus to your roll. Uh, that appears to be a nine. Oh, okay. So uh, you do get a plus one, Tori, for your roll. Cool. So now I roll charge. That's a six plus valor. Yes, so that's a seven plus one is eight. Nice. Okay, so you get to choose one of these two. You make uh, serious gains, but at the cost of stamina, mark a stress, or you face a new obstacle. Hmm. Uh, so I will say that... Uh, Zach's roll was a seven to nine, uh, which is you receive unwanted attention. So there will be an obstacle regardless. Already, yeah. Yes. Um, but I can make it worse if you want to choose facing the obstacle. <laughs> um, or you can take stress. <laughs> Let's see. The first stress mark is... It's nothing. There's no it's mechanical ba- anything, Yeah, right? it's basically a free... You get a free stress, basically. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, so I take one stress. So as, you, as you're sprinting towards the barn from the gate, uh, what is Reed feeling that's sort of causing him mental anguish? Like, what is it about the situation that's stressful? Um, I think now that they're at their location, I think it's settling in that, like, this is his first real anything in action. And so I think it's, on the one hand, it's like the training kicking in and the adrenaline. And I also think there was no way to prepare for the reality of the thing. Um, so I think it's expectation and reality sort of coming to a head. And I think the scariest bit of the reality is the not knowing, like he feels so exposed. He's used to being in the trench where he feels, even if it's not true, he feels somewhat safer because there's an illusion of protection. Um, but since they left the tree line, he, he's felt very exposed. So it's, I think he's, he feels like he's being surveilled or he could be being surveilled. Um, and it's the unpredictability of that that I think is especially taxing. Cool. So uh, as you're having that thought, um, as you see the barn ahead of you, um, the barn, it has like a big swinging door that's sort of open. Um, as you're approaching the barn, uh, a figure emerges with, with its back to you. Um, the first thing you see is a British style Brody helmet, which the Canadian soldiers also wear. Um, so you basically see a Canadian or British uh, helmet on this person. Um, and they're trying to, they have like a, a chain in their hands and they're pulling on something. 
and uh, you see the head of a cow sort of emerge out of the barn. Um, and the cow does not want to move. And this figure is um, like really trying to get this cow to move. The figure also has like five or six water canteens around its torso. And they seem full because they're like weighing down on like the side of this figure. And even though uh, there's the Canadian soldier helmet on, as the figure sort of turns to get more leverage on this chain, it turns to face you and you see that it is in full German military soldier uniform. Shit. Oh. Do we see any, I know, I'm sure it's happening fast. Do we see any weapons on this oh, person? Good question. Uh, he has a, a rifle, um, but it is slung over his shoulder. Like he is two handing this chain um, and he has uh, the rifle. So like I'm imagining the canteens like across his body and then like over one shoulder, the rifle. How close am I to him right now? 15, 20 feet. And has the figure seen us? Not yet. He's sort of focusing on this cow, but he's about to. Okay. <laughs> You're sort of in the middle of this like yard between these two buildings and he's emerging. I imagine I'm, so we said Walsh was bringing up the rear, so I'm closer. So I think I'm trying to get my gun out because I see German, uh, like German clothes. And I think my goal is to both I think I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that he seems strung to this cow and hopefully can't pivot as quickly. Um, so I think I'm trying to get my gun out and I'm still running with the goal of getting closer to him um, and s hopefully surprising him fast enough that he can't pull his weapon. Uh, okay. Uh, is Walsh doing anything? I think that if Reed... So it sounds like Reed's trying to run up and apprehend him, right? Am I close enough to see the German uniform? Yeah, I, I don't think you're far behind Reed, so I imagine you see this figure about the same time. I think that Walsh is going to hit the ground. Like, so I don't think Walsh ever put his Enfield away after uh, giving Reed cover. Um, I think Walsh is going to hit the ground uh, and take aim with the Enfield just to give Reed cover. And I, I don't think he's calling out anything. I don't think he's going to say anything but partially because like Reed is already closer. And also if there's other Germans, like stuff could go bad. Um, but I think I'm, I think I am hitting the ground on my stomach with my Enfield up just to, just to give Reed cover as he tries to take this uh, German or take this person. Okay. And uh, Reed, it sounds like you're still running at this person. Um, and I think as you get, almost to them they look they like hear the footsteps and they look up and they see you um but you've surprised them so if you want to do something to them like you, you have initiative so if there's something you want to do before they have a chance to react i think um i then i probably if i do successfully surprise them then i think that i have a bayonet so i think i probably hold the bayonet like up to their throat is the bayonet on your rifle or is it, did you just like pull it out? I, like think, a I, knife? Pulled it, I think I pulled it out. Okay. So you're just holding I don't it like it, a knife. Yeah. I don't think it would have been on my gun. Yeah. And I think I, I think I hold it up to them and I think I, I think I try to keep my voice down just in case there are others. I think I say, um, how many more are there? Tell me now. How many more? I think he, uh, the, the soldier drops the chain and just sort of puts his hands up. Um, uh, and like takes a deep breath in. Uh, this is probably a good time to ask, do Walsh or Reed speak German? No, Reed does not. Okay. 
so I'm inclined to say no. My only question is Walsh has been on the Western Front for almost two years. Uh, I don't know if it would be normal for him to pick up at least to pick up a little mm-hmm. g- German. Um, if he's you might, you might know front. like you might know like stop, put your hands up, like, like basic he, basic commands maybe. Because he's probably met and taken prisoners of war. I would assume. I also wonder actually if they would have taught that as part of training the like basics or would that not have been that's a good question i don't actually know but i I think uh zach i think it does make sense that like you would maybe not quite conversational actually definitely not conversational but like words that would be appropriate in a war zone should you encounter a german are probably things you've picked up yeah Okay, so I think as soon as I see that Reed has a handle on the situation, Walsh like scrambles back up and keeps rushing um, and joins Reed um, and kind of like has his Enfield trained on the German and kind of like like waves us all into the uh, into the barn out of out of sight. And I think he uh, I think he tries to ask in German. I think uh, I, uh, actually I think the first thing he says is, "Damn, good job, Reed." Oh damn! I saw you. You ran. You caught him. Shit! You didn't think twice. You didn't. You didn't slow down at all. You sped up. Shit! Uh, what? What? You, what? 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 Shit! <laughs> I, I don't think Reed is responding. I think again. Like I think adrenaline is just coursing through his body, and he is very determined. They caught this guy. Now they they gotta they gotta keep going. Like they're not gonna. He doesn't want to save the moment yet. Like, yeah. who knows what this guy can do, you know? Uh, like, sir, do you speak German? He, he, I asked him a question, he's not answering. What'd you, what'd you ask? I, I, I asked him how many other others there were like him. I think, uh, I think Walsh knows enough to say numbers, soldiers. <laughs> or maybe, maybe um, even how many, or like many, how. Some, something broken and fourth grade-ish. That's not fourth grade. <laughs> but uh, like something like numbers people or soldiers i think he he has sort of his hands up or you guys are all standing inside the barn mm-hmm. he has his hands up um and he's sort of shaking a little bit um and he starts like with his hands still up he's like pointing at the cow and then he's like pointing at the canteens and he's like he's like babbling a million miles an hour in german oh shit reed i don't know what he's saying he's, he's talking a million hours an hour i i can't make heads or tails of it I think I'm a little bit frustrated by that because <laughs> I just want answers now. So then I think I say, um, all right, all right. Uh, do you want to, I don't know, pat him down or something? See, make sure he doesn't have any weapons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, I want to take, because we know he has a rifle strung over his back, right? So I, yes. de- I definitely am going to take the rifle from him and pat him down to see if he's got anything else. Do you take the canteens off of him? Yes. Okay. Um, you, you're pulling canteens off of it, and these are, like, full of water. Okay. Um, they're, he- they're sort of heavy. You're pulling them off, and they sort of hit the ground with a like, uh, thumb. Um, and you start patting him down. He has a pistol in his belt that I presume you take. And uh, you feel something in one of his sort of coat pockets, like uh, something hard, like a small small object in those coat pockets. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll take that out. Okay, um, it's a small little gold pocket watch, um, and I think from your time with Kuklinski, you know that this was his pocket watch. Uh, shit. Oh, shit. All right, I look at it for a couple seconds, 
and then I take off his helmet and I look um, in a lot of Vietnam War movies, people write their names on the inside of the helmets. I don't know if that is a real thing or a common thing, but I I, want to see if there's a name or any sort of identifier on this helmet. Uh, You see that this is uh, Clifton's helmet. Okay. Uh, I think I hold them out and I say, where'd you get these? Where'd you get these? Uh, He sort of points to the, uh, like, the other side of the barn, like, but he, it's like he's pointing outside, but like behind the barn. Okay. I, I turned, I look past him over his shoulder to read. And I say, this is Clifton's, this is Kuklenski's. And I don't, if, if some happened to them, kill this German. <laughs> I think, I'm going to, I'm going to retcon this slightly. I think when he's pointing, he says in broken English, he says, I found them. And he's pointing to the outside of the barn. Mm. He says he found them. And then in also in broken English, he says, please don't kill me. So I'm wondering, wait, here, all right. So here's, here's a bad question. Are we in Germany? Uh, no, you're like, you don't know exactly where you are, but uh, you've been between France and Belgium for most of the war. So you're, you're probably in France. You might be in Belgium. It's sort of okay. hard to tell. At this but point. he is speaking German. Yes, he is speaking German. Okay. Uh, and he looks to be like, I don't know, early mid twenties. So now that I think that he speaks English, at least a little bit, then I think I try to talk to him again. Um, and I think I say, uh, what do you mean that you found them? You found, you found the watch, you found the helmet, you found people. Soldiers. Are they alive or did you kill them? He doesn't know how to answer that. He, did, he, he sort of starts babbling in German and he just repeats, I found them. I, I think I pick up my rifle and I say, um, I think I want to ask Reed, do you want to go check or do you want me to go check? I think I got this handle. I mean, we could, if we want it, mm, now nah, we should, yeah, we should split up. Uh, I think I got this. Are you okay checking? Yeah. I, I guess a third option might be to check if there's rope in the barn and see if we can tie him up. He we had a even, chain. Yeah, we could tie him to the cow. <laughs> okay, let's tie him to the cow. That's what I say. Let's, I say to watch. Let's, let's tie him to this fucking cow. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. So I think I think we want to we want to chain him to this stubborn cow. That seems like a good way to keep him from getting anywhere. Okay. Um. <laughs> Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. We pick him up and we lay him on the cow like like a hug, <laughs> and we just wrap the chain around them like a tootsie roll. The cow will not be happy, but you can certainly try to do this. Uh, if I. I think I'm going to, I want to make you guys roll for some stuff since you haven't had a bit. So I think I'm going to have one of you roll bogged down to try to make this happen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hack some of these rolls a little bit so that we can get some rolls in right now. Don't free yourself from, I mean, you try to attempt to push yourself through a battlefield obstacle. So I think this is like, like to actually chain this guy down, like to see how well you do at chaining this guy down. I think yeah. I'm going to have one of you roll this. Chaining him to a cow. Yeah. Not, not just Ch- down. <laughs> chaining, a, chaining the soldier to a cow. A, a living cow that is walking around. Yeah. Um, I have no brawn. I don't know if it makes more sense for Walsh to roll. I uh, have one brawn. So my only other... So my question is, is there any chance I could use my repurpose to try to um, make this more like i am repurposing 
these like change. My pitch is that I'm repurposing these changes. Like I'm scrounging around to find a way to lock this guy up with these chains. Yeah, I think this works perfectly for that because you're you're using the materials at hand to try to create something out of it and you're creating a way to sort of bind this guy, right? Right, and I'm going to need to find, like, zip ties didn't exist at this time, but, like, some, I'm going to need to find something to, like, tie off this chain and keep it secure. Yeah. Let's just say, like, you're in a barn, there's materials around, you're going to scrounge around to see what you can do to, to keep this guy from running away. Okay. I like that. That works better. And that is a, ooh, not good. As a fourth, as a six. Okay. I also uh, don't want you guys to forget that you have your personal items and you also have your morale points, which you oh, haven't yeah. used yet. That's right. Um, um, and it's too I... late for me to aid him, right? <laughs> yeah, that would have to be before the roll. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, I think I will use my personal item here uh, because I think it's appropriate. My personal item is a multi tool. Okay. Um, it's got a, a worn oak handle. It's like long been used. It's like got black grease in the crevices and i'm going to use that to uh to try to help me secure like i think i find like some wire and stuff and i need to like fidget around with it delicately with my multi-tool like my wire cutters won't aren't like fine enough to manipulate it yeah uh perfect um and uh yeah i think you you still want to tie this guy to the cow i think with i think with that role you can tie him to whatever you want (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm you can tie him to the cow if you want i'm just saying that you can tie also tie him to other things that aren't walking around <laughs> uh i don't know reed what do you think reed it just seems to me that a cow would be harder to get away from than like a column i'm down with it i'd rather okay. give him more things to contend with we're than... in a bar and we i'm sure there's a place we can put the cow too yeah sure. let's put the cow in its pen and then rope tie, hog tie him to the cow Okay, I think we cut to uh, Walsh sort of tying the last knot sort of <laughs> around this guy who's now attached to a cow who's in his uh, stable inside this barn. I think we go check out where he pointed. Could be a trap. Yeah. But still, I, I, I think we, I don't know, I think, I think Reed would want to still check it out. Same, it's the only lead we got. Um, I do think I'm going to switch from my Enfield to my semi-automatic pistol um, okay. for the same reasons as before. It feels a little better for like close quarters. And if somebody scares me, it's a little, I could just guess. And I think uh, Reed is still holding his bayonet like a knife. <laughs> uh, Walsh, you also took this German soldier's pistol. And I don't know what you did with his rifle either. I kind of just envisioned that I kind of tossed him aside. I think n- after tying him up, we... We might want to, I don't want to leave it around in case someone else finds it or if he somehow gets out. I could use a pistol. I I only have the, yeah, I only have the rifle. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely give, yeah, Reed should definitely take the pistol. And if I, there's no like encumbrance. So if I can still carry this, his rifle as well, I can just, I'll just strap it to my back. Yeah, that's fine. If you just want to strap it around your back, unless I find a reason for it that to be inconvenient. Right now it's not, so... So you guys exit the barn and you walk around the outside of it. Um, on the other side of the barn, um, you find two bodies. Um, you find uh, Privates Clifton and uh, Kuklinski. Kuklinski still has his helmet uh, sort of next to the body, um, but they look like they've had sort of their clothes gone through and they've both been shot. Shit. Can we tell where they were shot or how many times? 
Um, it looks like they were shot like in the torso. I want to give you an exact number, but I don't know that I know. Um, maybe once or twice each. They weren't like executed, but the the wounds look like um, like pistol wounds. They don't look like rifle wounds. Are they like sitting against the barn? Are they sort of like thrown in a heap? Like how um, the body's been treated? I think. Are you like you're like like moving the bodies and like trying to see what you can see, or is this just I, well, like a visual I'm, thing? I think a visual thing because it will tell me how how Reed will feel about the German soldier that we just tied to a cow. They look like, I don't know how to describe this, but they look like they've sort of fallen. Like they're not, they're not sitting up. They're not mm-hmm. like, okay. I don't know. It looks like they were running or doing something and then they okay. were shot and they sort okay. of fell. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense or answers yeah. your question. Yep. Um, and their, their rifles are um, like next to them on the ground. It doesn't look like they've been moved. Barnaby's kind of just like at a distance and I think he like takes off his helmet and he's like, ah, oh, God damn it. He's got his head in his hands. And he's like, God, God damn it. God fucking damn it. I think Reed has probably closed their eyes if they were open. Um, and I think he glances back at Walsh and I think he, I don't know. I think he just, I'm, I think he doesn't know what to say. I think he tries to say that he's sorry, but also as soon as he says it, like, I don't think, I think he knows it's in, inadequate. And I think he stands back up and I think he says, uh, do you, I don't know, do you, do you need a minute? Do you want me to, I can step away? No, just, uh, just keep a lookout. Let me check. Um, and uh, I think um, Wall starts going through Kuklinski's pockets, um, goes through, going through his things, um, trying to see if he can find anything that McGarth might want. Um, more than the pocket watch like I the, the gold pocket watch is probably good but I don't know if maybe Kuklinski like I want to check if Kuklinski has would we have like a, a photo or a wallet with something or or anything like important or sentimental um I just want to I just want to dig through his stuff and see if I can find anything that McGarth might want I think you look through his coat you sort of turn the body over a little bit and um you find a letter that I think if you open up like a, it's a folded piece of paper and you see it's a letter to his parents that he hasn't finished yet. Um, it's sort of half finished. Um, and you also find in his pockets like small cans uh, or like a, like a jar, like a small mason jar with like pickled eggs in it or and like, like some can, like a can of food. And these would not have been things that he would have had in the trench before he left. You guys were like short on rations um, really hungry, didn't even have water. So this would have been something he either got nearby or close by. So yeah, but let's say you find those three things. Okay. I pocket the letter, I pocket the pickled eggs, um, and I think I'm debating taking his jacket. Something feels wrong about, well, we're definitely not going to leave him out here. Well, we might leave the bodies out. Well, no. Yeah, I think, I think like Walsh is literally like, standing over the, the bodies and kind of like rubbing his head and it's like, and it's like saying out loud, he's like, well, we can't take the bodies back. We'll put them back in the barn, I guess. We'll put them in the barn. Ah, damn it. All right. Um, and I, yeah, I think he, uh, I think he takes Kuklinski like under the armpits um, and turns to Reed and says, grab Clifton. Let's put him in the barn. All right. I think I would rather grab, I mean, okay, wait. 
So are you, I think Reed doesn't want the bodies to be dragged around along the ground. Mm. So depending on how Walsh is holding Kuklinski, I think he would, so either he's like totally off the ground, maybe like slung around his shoulders, or if he just has him by the armpits, I think Reed would want to pick up his feet. Okay. Yeah. If, if he goes to do that, Walsh will understand and be like, okay. Yeah. We'll do it at one at a time. Yeah. So Walsh, you're carrying Kuklinski? Uh, we're both carrying Kuklinski. Oh, I think I we're, we're, we're carrying them one at a time now. Walsh, I think you notice um, as you're carrying him that his right hand um, has, it looks like he's wrapped a bandage around it. Um, and you can see there, like um, blood has dried like underneath the bandage, like sort of around the knuckles or like like the, the back of his hand sort of. But it looks like something happened to it and then he wrapped a bandage that he would have had uh, around it. And it looks sort of like makeshift and done quickly. Huh. I think I point this out to Reed, but I don't know what to make of it. Hmm, I don't. I don't know if Reed knows what to make of it either. I think, I think the thing that he would consider—I don't know if he'd do it—would be to unwrap it and try to get a closer look. But at the same time, I do think he's trying to treat the body with a lot of reverence. So I don't know. Like when they, so I guess they drop him in the barn, and I think Reed is going so far as to like hold his hand and like look at it. Um, but I don't know if he knows what else you should do. I think if I think if Reed is inspecting it, I think Walsh would unwrap it. Walsh is like hit really hard that it's Kuklinski, but is pretty like he wants to get them out of the elements, but is pretty unsentimental about bodies at this point. It's just that it's Kuklinski, um, and that he once saved Kuklinski's life. That is like. If this were any other private, basically, he would not have spent this much time on it. But he once saved Kuklinski's life, and now it like feel this feels rough for him. So I think I think he does unwrap the bandage uh, just to get a closer look at the at his hand to see if it like his fir- my and I presume Walsh's first inclination is, is that he maybe heard his hand trying to break into something, break a window or uh, or something. And I guess like I just want to see if that's what the lacerations look like. I think as you take the bandage off, you notice that there are bits of glass in his knuckles um, and like cut marks sort of going up uh, towards his wrist. All right. Yeah, broke a window. All right. Let's get Clifton. I think we do the same thing with Clifton. Walsh, did you do the same thing with Clifton's body as you did for Kuklinski or would, would Reed do it maybe once they move the body of like looking for anything personal to take back to the family? Uh, no, I didn't for Clifton. I did. Okay. I did. I Walsh wouldn't even think of it. He, he's doing it as a fa- like, uh, as a favor to McGarth and partially sentimental. But like I said, he, any other body he would not care about other than getting it out of the elements. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think once, um, Clifton's body is in the barn, then I think Reed takes a second to look in his pockets and see if there's anything that stands out to him as something that, his loved ones would want? Um, I don't think you find, I think you find a letter in Clifton's jacket. I think you find a letter from, maybe from a family member. Um, but I don't think besides that you find sort of any effects. Uh, I, I think you do find, um, I don't know if like canned sardines are like <laughs> historical of this period, but I think you find like a can of something, like some more sure. canned food like in his jacket. Um, okay. Not much, but a little bit. I think once Reed has done that i think walsh i think walsh like is like so greenhorn you're uh halfway to 
being officially not a kid anymore. Like I said, just got to take a bullet or give a bullet. So uh, what do you think our next steps are? Well, if in terms of uh, me not being a kid anymore, I guess you got to shoot me because that's those are the options you've given me. Um, or I guess I could shoot you. Me? But in terms of the mission... I don't know why you're saying me when we got a perfectly good German tied up to a cow. That's a fair point. Um, Reed, you got to... You gotta, Reed, Reed, got to... Listen, I'm not after you, Reed. No, I know. It's just... Uh, sorry. It's just the adrenaline. Yeah. And, uh, hey, I'm sorry about your friend. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's... It'll be fine. You know, this, he's not the first... Not the first body I've seen. So, you know, we're going to have to uh, check out the farm. I think after we decide what to do with this uh, German soldier, I don't think he's going to be speaking much. So we could leave him here and go check out the farmhouse. It looks like they got in or tried to get in. I wish I wish he'd been able to tell us how many, like whether he was alone. I The fact that... Your friend and uh, the, the the guys. I'm so, sorry. What was his name again? Uh, uh, Clifton and Kuklenski. Kuklenski. Um, the fact that they had food in their pockets makes me think that they did like they found their way in. But then it makes me think like did the did the guy in there on the cow shoot them, or did someone else shoot him? Uh, check his pistol. Good thinking. Okay, I check. I check his pistol. I think you take like the um, the magazine out. It's full, like the, the magazine is full. It has not been fired. Or uh, it's has or you, yeah, been reloaded. Uh, it, you can, it's logical to you that he would not fire twice and then reload his whole pistol. Okay, so we're probably not alone. Mm-mm. The way I see it, we got some options. We try to recreate the way they got in, or we go in through the front door, or we take that German hostage and use him as leverage if we come upon any other German soldiers. I'm inclined to say we go in, just the two of us, fuck it, try the front door, and uh, see if we can find anybody, leave this German here, and then round up whoever's in that farmhouse and figure out what to do with them. Sounds good. So you guys make your way to the farmhouse across from the barn? Yeah, I think I'm still with my semi-automatic pistol. Okay. The rifle makes the most sense right now. Yeah, I think I also have the pistol. Oh. Okay. Um, so the sort of the front face of the farmhouse faces the barn, if that makes sense. So as you're coming out of the barn, you're seeing the, the front, like the front door um, and the front windows of the farmhouse. The front door is just sort of a wood farmhouse plain front door. And you see there is a window on either side of it. Uh, it's a two-story house. On the first floor, there's a window to either side of it. The window on the left um, has been broken as you're approaching the front. Um, but you guys said you're going to the door, or does seeing the window change that at all? I'm still inclined to go to the door, because I'm assuming... Uh, all right, so the window is broken, right? Is there glass on the outside? No. Okay. So it seems like Kuklenski broke the window to get in, which means they must have gotten out a different way. So I think I'm going to try the front door. Or I'm inclined to try the front door. You push against the front door and it moves a little bit, um, but there's something barricading it from the inside. Um, it's the window then. <laughs> I think with enough force, you might be able to get through. 
Um, but just sort of like pushing the door a little bit doesn't do much. I think Francis is willing to go through the window then. All right. I think if Francis wants to go through the window that's broken, I think Walsh is going to post up by the other window, aiming his pistol in, assuming that they are, assuming that both windows go into the same room. Okay. Yeah. But that window's not broken. That window's not broken. Okay. So sure. basically I want to be able to look into the house with my pistol so that as you're climbing in the other window, I can keep an eye on you and make sure you don't get jumped or anything. Cool. Um, so to climb in the window, I'm going to have you roll bog down. Um, I think that the window is broken, but I think you have to climb up a little bit and you there's like broken glass and you have to climb through. So I do think this is um, going to be sort of pushing yourself around a physical obstacle. Um, all right. Oh, damn it. That's a three. <laughs> Oh, you, have no. anything in, you don't have anything in brawn, do you? I have zero brawn. Okay. And I don't think my personal item yeah. makes sense here. <laughs> my little <Okay>. photograph. <laughs> there were three. Okay. On a six minus, you can't find a way through and are forced to find another path. The GM will tell you what it costs, time, harm, stress, etc. So I think you try, you like bring yourself up um, to try to like push your way through the window. And I think like immediately like you're you feel a sharp pain on your hand and you you cut your hand on the glass so i'm gonna have you take uh what is it lightly harmed sure yeah lightly wounded yep so you are lightly wounded um and you sort of wince from the pain and um you don't think it's wise to i mean you could try again if you want to but um it's pretty obvious that this is going to be kind of a dangerous way to get in I think I hold my hand up. <laughs> I just show it to Walsh. I go, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah, Walsh uh, swears and I think looks along the side of the house to see if there's like sign of another door. I think there's, if you go around the back, I think there's like a back entry, like a smaller back door. Uh, yeah, I think he waves Reed on to like follow him around the back of the house. And uh, then I want to try that door. I'm presuming it's probably barricaded as well, but I want to try it. Yeah, you, you push against it a little bit, and it feels also like it's barricaded. Um, it feels like maybe this one might be a little easier to get into, like whatever's barricading it. Like, it feels like there's less weight against the door. All right. So it's weight against the door, not that it's locked? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I want to try and smash through it, I think, is where I'm at. Cool. Um, why don't you roll bog down? All right. Can I aid him? You may aid him. So do you want to roll aid or do you want to get uh, spend one of your morale points? We haven't spent any, right? Yeah. You have two. Um, and if you use a morale point, he'll get plus two. Right. Uh, where if you roll, yes. So where if you rolled aid, he would only get plus one. And that's only if you succeed the roll. I mean, are we comfortable spending one of our two morale points? I forgot that this? when you spend morale, it adds two. That might be mm-hmm. really useful if stuff gets worse. Yeah, true. But also, it would be nice to have this pretty well secure, because that would give me plus three to this roll. Yeah. So I think it's totally up to you. I'm down to save it. I'm also down to use it. I guess I'm just thinking, like, if we don't get in this way... <laughs> yeah. What other gonna, options do It's just going to keep getting rougher, yeah. Well, how's your... Bog down is with what? Brawn? Uh, brawn. And I have one brawn. I'm, I'm, a, I'm wiry, but I'm pretty scruff. Yeah. I think I should aid somehow. So either through rolling or by spending morale. Let's do the morale because it's a little safer is kind of where I'm at. Yep. All right. I 
I give him a nice pep talk. <laughs> I boost his morale. You can you can do it, Walsh. You got this. Um, so Zach, you're gonna roll brawn and then add one for you're gonna add one for your brawn and then two from uh, the morale point. Yeah, that ends up being a twelve. Nice. Yeah. It was a very uh, good pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have one morale point left. On a hit, you manage to push push through safely, and I think everyone else in your squad can also push through. So what what happens when you're trying to get through this door? I think Walsh uh, takes a few steps back. I don't know if I would. I think he he holsters his pistol, rolls his shoulder a little bit, and then uh, runs for it and tries to hit it right at the um, like right at the edge of the door to try to bash it open. Yeah, I think he absolutely bashes it open, and I think you have so much sort of momentum that you go like into the house uh, and sort of like fall on the floor, um, sort of wooden splinters around you. Um, and I think Reed is able to just sort of walk in after you. Um. <laughs> Hello all. Your friend and dad, Zach, here, thanking you for joining us on another special anti-hiatus episode of Heart Points. We want to thank our good friends and collaborators, Zach B. and Tori, who joined me for yet another story of characters facing the unsurmountable horrors of war. We've kind of had a theme this month. This game of World War I trauma is Ross Rifles, an in-development PBTA game designed by Daniel Kwan. You can find out more about it at dunduswestgames.com. This episode was sponsored by patrons Michael Herman, Robert, and Andrew Bailey. Thank you all for your support. If you would like to support HeartPoints, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. We've been able to do weekly anti-hiatus episodes because of the support of everyone who listens, shares our work, and donates. Thank you all. Don't forget that you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at heartpointspod. Please reach out to us and let us know what you think of our special anti-hiatus episodes. And don't forget that we will be back next Monday with a brand new episode. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope that as you return to the real world that you have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one. <laughs>